We just saved that little girl's life. They have given our daughter a new life. This is an amazing feeling, knowing that she's cancer-free now. The most amazing story, journey, case I've ever seen. Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, no, I've never. This was the first time. Today on the Share Your Power podcast, a worldwide effort to save a little girl's life. Hello, I'm Susan Forbes. And I'm Pat Michaels. Thank you for joining us. What happens when a child who has some of the rarest blood in the world needs a blood transfusion to live? It's an unthinkable situation that actually played out right here at One Blood, and we're going to take you behind the scenes to tell you about the worldwide effort that took place to find extremely rare blood to save her life. And we will also share some lessons learned from this very unusual case. The story revolves around a South Florida toddler named Zanet. Just two years old, she was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, which is an aggressive cancer, and she desperately needed blood transfusions to help save her life. When we heard that the team in the lab here at One Blood was searching for some of the rarest blood in the world, we had the same reaction most people would have and said, what do you mean the rarest blood in the world? They said, Susan, this blood is so rare, we're going to have to do something unique to find it because this child needs blood that very few people in the world have. So my next question was, what makes her blood so rare? We came to learn that it all has to do with something her red blood cells are missing. In addition to our blood type, all of us are born with specific antigens. Antigens are subtypings on the surface of the red blood cells, and our genetics determine the antigens we have and the antigens we lack. It turns out that Xanab is missing an antigen that is called the Indian B antigen. It's a very common antigen, meaning... Most of us have the Indian B antigen on our red blood cells. And because it's so common, it's that much more difficult to find someone else who doesn't have it. And here's something interesting. Even Zanab's parents were not a match for her. For whatever reason, the trait to have the Indian B antigen was not passed on to Zanab. And that is what makes her blood extraordinarily rare. The bottom line is, for a person to be a blood match for Zanab, they not only need to be the right blood type, they must also be missing the Indian B antigen. If Zanab were to get the blood transfusion from a donor that has the Indian B antigen, her body is going to see it as foreign and will reject it. And if that happened, it could actually harm her. So... How do you find the rarest blood in the world? Who could possibly be a match? Well, we took those questions to the people who were leading the search. And as it turns out, the pool of potential donors is very specific and extremely limited. Here's Vice President of One Blood's Reference Labs, Nancy Benitez. In order to find a few units for the little girl, we need to taste a very specific population which are people from the Middle East, Iran, Pakistan, and India. Why does it need to be people who are Iranian, Indian, or Pakistani? It's because Zanab is Pakistani, and people who are of Iranian, Indian, or Pakistani descent are the only populations known to be lacking the Indian B antigen. So now that we know who could be a match, you may be thinking, problem solved, right? Ah, but not so fast. No, it's not going to be that easy. Frida Bright was also working in the reference lab when this case came along, and she breaks it down even further. The possibility of us finding a compatible donor for this little girl within the right ethnic group that you want to screen is less than 4%. 
we have a 0% chance of finding compatible blood for this little girl if we look in pretty much any other ethnic group. Okay, so this is definitely a needle in a haystack situation. Ah, uh, yes. The situation is so unusual that even Zanab's doctor, Dr. Iftikhar Hanif, he's the chief of pediatric oncology at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, Miami, he told me he couldn't believe what they were facing. Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, no, I've never. This was the first time that, in fact, I had not even heard the term Indian bee. When it was discovered that she has this really rare blood, what went through your mind when that happened? We were obviously horrified that how rare it was. It was a nightmare situation. Now, time was of the essence, and the rare blood needed to be found fast. Because even though the blood would not cure Zanab's cancer, it would enable her to withstand the harsh treatments that she was about to endure to try and put the cancer into remission. So the search was on to find donors who would be a match. The first step was to reach out to the American Rare Donor Program. It's a national organization with a mission to ensure that rare blood is available for patients who need it. They searched the world for rare blood. So they were one of the first calls. Here's Sandra Nance. She was also helping lead the search at the American Rare Donor Program for Zanab's case. We have some mighty rare cases that come along. When one that rare comes to us, besides saying, uh, oh my, the next thought on your mind is where can we find this blood? Who might have it? And so that's when the ethnicities come into play. The thing you think of first is let's search the rare donor database. Let's see what we have. Then we reach out to our international partners. We were lucky in that case to find that there were some donors already known. That was a remarkable finding. For some cases, we don't find blood anywhere. So that piece was quite remarkable and that there were some domestic donors found. So we were fortunate to find the donors who were willing to come in and donate. Two of those donors were located in the United States and the third was actually found in the United Kingdom. So this was great news, and these donors were contacted and told they were urgently needed, and they went to their blood centers to donate. And then their donations were packed up in special temperature-controlled containers and shipped to One Blood in Florida. Now, remember, these three donors can only donate every 56 days, and Zanab had a long road ahead of her and is going to need a lot of blood for the foreseeable future. So the bottom line, more donors were going to be needed. And this is when a massive and very carefully coordinated plan was hatched to bring Zanab's story to the world. So we talked to the lab and said, hey, let's share the story with the media. We need a bigger megaphone here, right? So we need more people to hear this child's story. So we first broke the news of Zanab's story on social media, and her parents made an appeal to the world. So I encourage everybody to please go out and donate the blood. It's a humble request, and I request it from my heart. Uh, my daughter's life very much depends on the blood. So please, donate the blood for my daughter. And we show the efforts taking place behind the scenes to find blood for Zanna. We will do whatever it takes to find the precious donors that we need. This is uh, all hands on deck, all of one blood, complete and total effort. We are searching the world, trying to find blood for this little girl. And at the same time we were sharing Zanna's story on social media, we issued a press release to the news media. It didn't take long for Zanab's story to make headlines. In fact, by the end of the day, her story had gone viral. And before we knew it, media from around the world were reporting on Zanab's story. 
and donors from around the world were also contacting us wanting to donate for her. And we were ready for them. Before we even made this story public, we had a special website set up where people who thought they fit the right criteria to donate for Zanab could submit their information. Then we would let them know where they needed to go to donate. I remember watching those emails come in and it was nonstop. And within just a few hours of making her story public, more than 7,000 people had contacted us wanting to donate for Zanab. And in just over a week, more than 20,000 people contacted us wanting to donate blood to see if they were a match for Zanab. You know, it was an incredible response. And it gave the mission to find donors for Zanab a huge jumpstart. And all these potential donors were contacting us from all over the world. Places like China, Japan, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Pakistan. So it was a carefully coordinated effort with dozens of centers in the United States and internationally to direct the donors on where to donate and then behind the scenes coordinate for the samples to be sent to OneBlood so the team could test them and see if a match was found. We're really the source to determine if the blood that's getting donated is really going to be compatible with this little girl. We can safely transfuse it to her because we've tested it outside of her body to determine that inside of her body it's going to be okay. Finding a rare donor is not easy because sometimes you have to test 1,000, sometimes you have to test 10,000, sometimes you have to test 100,000. So one of the things that people know that, oh, I'm A positive or B positive or O positive, but behind those red cells, there are a lot of other factors that are playing a part, which is the genetic makeup of those red cells. And... Um, those are defined by the ethnicity that we come from. And America is a melting pot. You have people from every ethnic group you can think of. And they may have minor differences in the red cell that can cause problems with chronic transfusion. Therefore, it's extremely important that all the ethnicities or people of different ethnic groups um, coming from different or diverse backgrounds should come and donate blood so that blood bank which have an adequate supply of blood for the needs of the diverse population we have. This effort went on around the clock for weeks. And then one day, bingo, the fourth donor was found. And we broke the news live on social media. We have breaking news. A fourth compatible donor has been found in the United Kingdom for a two-year-old, Zanub. It's a big day here at One Blood. The team at the American Rare Donor Program was informed by their international colleagues that a fourth potential donor had been found in the United Kingdom. So now we have two donors from the United States and two from the United Kingdom. We issued an alert to the world's media to share the news, and Zanub was once again making headlines. But the search continued for additional donors. People in the Muslim community also band together, holding blood drives at mosques all over the country, including Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, Miami, and Orlando, just to name a few. And Susan, I was at one of the drives and spoke to the leader of the Islamic Society in Central Florida, Iman Mohammed Musri, about why he was encouraging the people in his mosque to donate alongside him. The story of the little girl Zainab is um, a story that put a face, you know, an innocent face of a little girl on a, a need that is global. Zainab could be my daughter, could be your daughter, could be someone else's daughter. 
Along the way, we kept in close contact with Zanab's parents. And Pat, I remember the day when we arranged for Zanab and her parents to meet the team searching the world for compatible blood for her. Yeah, unbelievable. Yes, it was an emotional day, not only for Zanab's parents, but also for the team working to save her life. We just see her from the inside of a tube, see her in person. It's uh, pretty, uh, pretty strong to know that, I mean, this is why we work so hard. This is what I do what I do. And God, I'm praying. We were a little excited to see them also. I know the people who are working behind the scene, they are the one who are doing all the work for her. I knew that it just cannot be two people. There are other people involved in there also. So we you know, twenty-five people working around yeah, the clock. Around the clock, you see. Mm-hmm. So that's it's quite a few people, you know, working on her. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal to us. It's a big deal. It's a blessing. See how many people donate blood for our daughter. It's such a blessing. Within sixty days, a fifth donor had been found. This time, on the other side of the world, in Australia. And when the fifth donor was located, and that person donated, doctors felt. They had enough donations on hand to move forward with the surgery to remove Zanab's tumor and then to proceed with two bone marrow transplants. Dr. Galva Silva at Nicholas Children's Hospital in Miami, Florida, was the one heading up the transplant for Zanab, and I had a chance to talk with him about how important the blood was for Zanab's treatment. If I wouldn't have that blood available, I don't even want to go that path and find out. Because of that, we'll be able to give her what we believe is the best because of those donors, because of those five people. And thanks to those five donors, she was able to have about a dozen blood transfusions to help her in her recovery. Because Zanab needed ongoing blood transfusions, that's why she needed more than one donor who was able to help save her. Donors that her parents are very grateful for. They're lifesavers. They have literally saved my daughter's life. Um, if they had not come forward, um, their, her recovery would have, it would have not have been possible. just can't say thank you. I have no words. I have seriously have no word to say thank to them. They donate blood for our daughter, and they seriously, they made a huge difference. The big day came just a few months later in April 2019, when Zana went home from the hospital. And that was a very exciting day for the little girl who, thanks to a worldwide search for blood, was defying the odds. And less than a year later, we learned that Zanab was officially in remission, and we were excited to be able to break that news to the One Blood team, who had been searching so hard for so long to find the blood that ultimately saved Zanab's life. She has no sign of cancer. That's so awesome. I mean... That's why we do it, right? Wonderful news, my God. I mean, this is, uh, this was the, really the goal that we wanted to achieve with her. We just, I, I mean, saved that little girl's life, honestly. But was it for the blood donors and for the efforts of this team? I had been in blood banking for almost 30 years, and this had been one of the most rewarding, extraordinary, one case of many, many cases that we have that it really has touched my heart deeply. I feel that she's part of my family. It just, it brings it all home. It's why we do it. And Zanab's case has had far-reaching effects because as luck would have it, not long after Zanab's case, another patient in the United States with the same rare blood as Zanab came along. But this time, there was no need for a global appeal because the donors were already known and the blood was available. 
a situation that was welcome news for the team at the American Rare Donor Program. Since those donors were already known, we already had units in the freezer. Um, and we could extract them from the freezer and, and then make them available. And that was that was incredible. I can remember uh, my associate coming in and she, w- she was so excited. She said, you know, we have an INB negative request. You know, that donor was found and they came right in. I mean, that, that story, it, of course, you're right. That didn't make the media and no one would have known about that. But we were, it filled our hearts kind of with joy to know that this donor had been found and, and now they were known. And Susan, we're told some of those donors still continue to donate to this day. And they're helping to ensure this extremely rare blood is on hand for the next patient. So the question now is, how do you know if you have rare blood like those five donors? It's actually easy to find out. Sandra Nance says it all comes down to testing. So we need to test more. I mean, that's that's really the answer is to test um, new donors that have not been tested, to continue to recruit donors who have been tested and identified, and to retain those donors as blood donors um, throughout the course of their life so they do continue donating. And that's because they saw exactly how important their blood was in helping to save a life. You know, Zanab really became the face of the need for a diverse blood supply. And while the world came to know her. The fact is, every day searches take place to find rare blood for patients who have unique blood transfusion needs. And blood centers, along with the American Rare Donor Program, are on the front lines of that search every day. To find the rare donor is like looking for a needle in the haystack. We test thousands and thousands of donors each year, each month, for all of the really rare markers that we're looking for. One in a hundred will have the right marker. Some one in a thousand donors, I've got a screen in order to find that, that marker. I think this, this whole episode brought awareness to the fact that sometimes you need a specially matched blood product for these special patients. And it's the need for those special patients that really drives home how important it is for people of all ethnic backgrounds to donate blood. But Zanab's oncologist says none of those donations would be possible without the work going on behind the scenes at blood centers. We were really appreciative for what was done. It was a remarkable effort. I mean, I could have never imagined that we'd get a blood unit from England, but we also got blood from other countries. It was an international search. You come to appreciate what is being done in this country in blood banking. And it just shows you the dedication of these people who never get the accolades, who never get the reward. That blood goes a long way in serving humanity. And because they've seen how blood saved their daughter, Zanab's parents are now both dedicated blood donors. And little Zanab has a message too. Thank you, Blood Donors is right. Zanab has been in remission for almost two years now, and she continues to do great. And something else happened to Zanab recently. She became a big sister. Her parents welcomed another baby daughter named Santa. And I saw a picture of little Santa, and I got to tell you, she looks exactly like Zanab. That's amazing. So, you know, there you have it, the perfect ending to a global search for some of the rarest blood in the world involving tens of thousands of donors, all to save a little girl's life. And that's the best example of how you can share your power to save lives. Yes, it is. Now, you want to be sure to tune in for our next show because our guest is an NFL great. And here's a hint. He made one of the most famous Super Bowl catches of all time. Can you guess who it is? That's when that practice all paid off, that 
this is the moment that here's the time to be great and to be perfect. That is none other than Super Bowl 43 MVP Santonio Holmes of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 35 seconds left on the clock and he made the game-winning catch. It landed the Steelers their sixth Super Bowl ring and earned Santonio a place in NFL history. But Susan, there's much more to Santonio Holmes than that famous catch. He is also an advocate for the sickle cell community. And for Santonio, the passion to raise awareness is personal. At birth, my son in 2002 uh, was diagnosed with sickle cell disease. We went through a few of those in our lifetime too, uh, blood transfusions, and um, it's very scary to know that you have to continue to live with someone else's blood. We realized that it did save his life. Our one-on-one -on -one interview with Super Bowl 43 MVP Santonio Holmes on the next episode of Share Your Power. Thank you for joining us today. We know that you have a lot of choices when it comes to what to listen to. And we appreciate that you chose us. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and that you will join us next time. So until then, remember to share, share your, your power. power.